Welcome to the Rotating Platform, which is a podcast about video games. Not the that's not the official slogan, but we seem to say it every week as though it is. That's just what that's just a description of what it is. Have we explained what podcasts are? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I suppose I'm I'm to blame for that. So, <laughs> so you say a podcast about video games or the podcast about video games? But there's only one, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. So, this is it, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I should say the. Um, we're, we're blazing a trail. Yeah. It's episode 25, and it's the 15th of October 2015, <laughs> almost forgot, um, and I'm joined by Alan Madrill. Hello. And Matthew Castle. Hello. And I'm Mark Green, and Hello. we're here to talk to you about video games. <laughs> it's making it sound like an intervention. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, how are you guys? I, I sound like a young Michael Portillo. Oh, uh, I'm yeah. still reeling from that. <laughs> That's a hell of a tweet, wasn't it? Was that um, who? Who said that? Uh, I don't know, but whoever he is or was, is uh, a dead man. So, there you go. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Be careful what you tweet to the rotating Maybe it was platform. Michael Portello. It's <laughs> yeah. like a young me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, but Michael Portello's got a very warm voice. It, I yeah, think. that's true. I always think of myself more like Diane Abbott, but I think <laughs> let's face it, if I'm honest with myself, oh, this is a gr- these are great political TV show jokes. Yeah, um, so, so that's what you tuned in for, my friends. <laughs> so, Matthew, I gather it was the 2015 Matthew Castle Awards last night. Yes did you did you win in any of the categories? Uh, no. Well, I wasn't personally nominated because I thought I'd oh. give everyone else a chance this year. <laughs> yeah, um, that's generous of you. Having won so many last year. Um, but uh, my magazine was up for best magazine or best print thing and uh, we didn't win that. We lost to PC Gamer, which I'm hap- I am I can live with. I was about to say I'm happy with that. I can live with it. Um <laughs> Lovely. That's good. They're That's very good. good. Their editors made quite. He, he went up on stage, and his opening to his speech was correct, which I quite liked. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It was good. It was good fun. Um, yeah, lots of journo friends who don't get to see very often. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, did you do extensive campaigning on our behalf? Well, well the thing is that the 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 podcast that won uh, was you know much deserved so um it was a, a bit socket who are two very lovely scottish chaps oh, oh yeah um so yeah we wouldn't have won against them anyway do we need to become scottish is that can we become scottish with that help not with our accent work um i think alan could i think alan is quite effective at becoming scottish let's say, let's hear a bit of a theoretical scottish rotating platform well I was hoping to bust it out a bit later um, with some Sean Connery. Oh, but, well, that know. isn't Scott. That's something else. <laughs> well, it's Egyptian or Russian. He's, you know, he can just do anything. Uh, with your with your array of accents and voices, Alan, we could we could create a custom podcast for every territory, and that would really increase <laughs> our chances of winning an award. Well, that's interesting, actually, because um, I have a bit of a confession. Really, the the BitSocket podcast, that's actually me. <laughs> so um, I, I hate on. to kind of break it to Damn you in it. this way. So, <laughs> so yeah. authentic. That's I had to really... disguise myself as those two Scottish guys as well. It was, <laughs> yeah. it's quite tough. I wonder why you were 10 minutes late for this podcast, Alan. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, cool. 
any other business before we get onto the the platforms that we get onto? No. I'm experimenting with um, drinking a cup of tea during this episode, which I've never done before. Um, so let's see how that works out. Oh, it's hard to uh, <laughs> it's hard to see why we weren't nominated for a GMA. I've got to to experiment with tea drinking this week. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll get us an award. <laughs> let's go. Uh, we will see you on the next platform after this. We land on a strikingly familiar platform. I feel like we've been here many times before. In fact, every week. Um, oh, you're really selling it. <laughs> what? No, I mean, oh, wow. It's so familiar and comfy. Oh, yeah, hello, my old friend. Platform old friend, of games old friend, that we have been what, playing. What we have been playing platform. Mm. Um, so I'm a bit thrown because uh, I should say before Alan joined us on the podcast, we were we were talking about a graveyard platform <laughs> where, <laughs> where Mark and Alan would be buried for all eternity. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, it's hard to know how we got onto that, but yeah, uh, yes. I've just got that image now in my head, so I'm I'm just trying to get, yeah. get over. Matthew that, was but... planning for what this po- what shape this podcast would take if we were both brutally killed, um, <laughs> and he had to keep returning to this sort of dark, um, morose graveyard platform to <laughs> tend to our graves every episode. <laughs> There'd be a lot more lobbying for awards. I tell you that. <laughs> Oh, we would definitely, definitely win by default. That is a good plan. <laughs> That's true, that actually, because you could do a really tragic episode, you know, when we've mm. died, and that could get us an award. That would get, that, yeah, it's like when, uh, you know, like really harrowing news reports always win, uh, win awards. The more harrowing, the better. Yeah. It's, so, like, it's like, like misery lit as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're off to a strong start, because if you've been listening to this podcast so far, I think you can agree it's harrowing. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, yeah. it's going to get less harrowing when we talk about all the fun things we've been playing. Yeah, uh, Alan, do you want to kick off what what have you been playing? Well, I'll, I'll kick off what we what I think we've all been having a bit of a chip at, and that is, of course, Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, yes, indeed, beta yep. of it, um, which yeah. was open for a few glorious days, um, mm. which had a few modes in it. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Battlefront from back in the day. Proper big fan. Oh, yeah. So much so I actually went back and played Battlefront 2 again recently. Um, mm. But this current version has been drawing a bit of controversy, I think it's fair to say, because it goes very much Battlefield-y in its approach. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, it depend, depending on what de- what hour I open the internet, <laughs> as, as I believe uh, is how you describe uh, going <laughs> on the internet. I um, shall peruse the internet. <laughs> open up open. the internet, Mark. <laughs> so either the things that jump out, are either this is amazing and I can't wait for it to be a full game or this is dreadful and it's a shockingly simple and unpleasant experience and no one seems to be able to agree. It seems like people are changing their opinions. Uh, it's almost like people right. on the internet disagree a lot, which I find a problematic <laughs> yeah. notion at best. I was shocked by that. Um, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. We should very briefly explain the two modes for anyone who didn't play it. So there was one sort of you versus another team racing to um like collect or defend pods basically that would land and then there was the and the second mode was the big all-out hoth assault where the rebels are trying to um 
shoot like destroy the walkers uh the the attacks right and then yeah and then the empire's trying to get the attack to the base to yeah. blow it up. And that was the big yeah. draw, I think. That's the one that kind of got everybody in, and I suspect it people feel... spent most time on that. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not really a Star Wars person or, you know, I didn't grow up as a Star Wars person, but it, it really does feel and sound really Star Warsy, yeah. I thought. I, I really it's super atmospheric. I mean it is great, you know, um Battlefront in that way. But the modes are so simple that really mm, it didn't sort of hold my interest particularly. Um, I could Tell me this. Here's a question for you both. How, how do I shoot someone? In Are you struggling with this? <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't really understand why when you spawn, it is often three miles away from where the action is. Yeah. So you, so you just run, you, you spend a minute running to wherever you need to go, and then you get shot in the back. And then you spawn back where you started or somewhere else that's miles away. And then you run and then you get shot in the back again. People would like, people would see me and kill me. Whereas if I saw someone, it would be a lot of laser bolts going, you know, doing a little dance around their head rather than at their head. And then death. Well, what, it, what am I doing wrong? I, maybe uh, you were moving um, uh, while shooting, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Right. Yes, I didn't think of that. That kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah. uh, But I would say with any online, big online shooter like this, there is always a, a learning curve. In the, you know, However good you are at <clears throat> mm. online shooters, if you jump into it when everybody else has been playing for a while, you're going to get uh, your ass kicked around um, the map yeah. for a few rounds. It just seems to be an inevitable thing. Yeah. But once you kind of get a few kills under your belt, like by the end of it, I was getting as many kills as deaths, right? Give or take, which really? for me is good going. Cause... That was, yeah, I was miles away mm. from, from But that was after there. putting a bit of time in. Um, I, got, I just about got the hang of managing to shoot someone who was shooting at me and maybe killing them and then blowing myself up on my own grenade. That, <laughs> that's the level I got to, whatever level that is, you would call that. Uh, that's what I reached. Um, but yeah, I did. Un- I did enjoy unlocking stuff, and the card system was kind of neat, I guess. Um, it's it's I, and it frustrated me because I am such a fan of the old one. In you could do stuff like choose where you spawn. If you if your base if your side had lots of different command points unlocked, you could choose mm. where to go. So there's a strategic element there where you could choose where you wanted to concentrate your efforts. Um, mm. uh, or if one of the your bases was under attack, but you still possessed it, you could still kind of you could kind of spawn there and and help them and then if you knew that there was a big vehicle out there causing havoc you could spawn in as a a, a dude with a rocket launcher because you knew that mm. that was needed so there's this kind of strategic element there a little bit yeah mm. but there's none of that in the in the uh in the new game and i think it's much worse off for it i think the, the thing it did that i really liked and i think where it kind of differs from other shooters of the moment is that it really sort of simplified everything else it kind of didn't assume any kind of prior knowledge because i think so many other shooters are kind of building on what you know with their class systems and their unlocks and everything kind of what cod's been doing all these years and it's just got so complicated yeah if you're not kind of like um, particularly savvy um you know if you haven't played these things it can be a bit overwhelming and you know star wars fundamentally is you know adults will try and tell you otherwise but it's it's fundamentally like a big family thing yeah and you know someone has tried to make a family shooter and i think it kind of is like it's very clean there's no blood it's quite kind of big and broad and it's it's accessible it's the first shooter that i've played where i thought yeah like 
a, an eight-year-old, nine-year-old could play this and it'd be fine. Yeah, um, that's true. The thing I had the biggest problem with is... Um, I don't know if either of you ever got any of the hero characters. I didn't get to play one of them, no. So I turned into Luke Skywalker and I just... I didn't know what I was meant to be doing and I just completely blew it. And the whole thing is like geared to make you feel awesome. So you like you turn into Luke Skywalker and it's like da 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 <laughs> and you're like, This is it, I'm gonna go and I'm freaking Luke Skywalker and and everyone else is kind of meant to see you and go, Yes, Luke's here <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I just sort of I couldn't find anyone to kill. Mm. Um, so I was just sort of running around in third person with his like arms pumping madly. <laughs> I was just sort of running around because the baddies are white in Hoth and I couldn't see mm. You know, there. So, yeah, I I didn't get anyone. It was just absolutely terrible. And it's you can you got this little timer ticking down, going like you've only got thirty seconds. You're like, I can't believe I'm just totally (laughs) blowing this. This is this is just awful. Imagine that was this in the films. A a quirk of the way they worked in the old game was you had to keep getting kills in order to stay alive as a as a hero character, which Mm. you can understand the design thinking that would have led to that, but. I don't remember the bit in Star Wars where Luke had to run around lightsabering uh, stormtroopers in order to stay alive. I don't remember that bit. Uh, bit what, you don't remember that 30-minute uh, sort of murderous rampage you went Followed on? Followed by him there. going, oh, that feels better. <laughs> the the, uh, the other thing, and it's it's kind of a problem of how big Hoth is, is that you know when you're watching the films, Darth Vader is always framed to look like the most badass like incredible he's always huge on the screen he really dominates it Mm. but when you're playing hoth and um darth vader spawns really far away distant darth vader is one of the dumbest looking things he's very funny tiny and when he jumps it's like this little tiny gnat jumping towards you (laughs) and you're meant to be like oh no here comes here comes Darth Vader. We're in trouble now, guys. But when you see him jumping, it's just like, oh, who's that? Oh, no. It's, hey, everyone, look. It's Darth Vader over there. That, it's, it's famous jumping Darth. There's a couple of brilliant videos on the internet of, um, of Darth getting wiped out in comedy, anticlimactic fashion, where he's kind of going towards someone and he's, he's just about to choke a rebel by the throat. And, and then, you know, uh, a speeder just lands on him flat in comedy style. Yeah. It's funny how much of it is set. It's true that incongruous, silly deaths and stuff are seem to be really frequent. I couldn't understand why every, I was playing the pod <clears throat> defending bit quite a lot to start with. And, Quite often you'd spawn and you'd be running to the pod and there'd be other players around you and you you know you felt like a little team. But then they put these like craters full of poisonous mud yeah. in the middle of everything, so you just fall in and you can't and it's too high for you to jump out of like di- direct straight. So you're just bouncing in this fat of acid, losing health. And it's like <laughs> I just I just think that you know when you do die, you respawn pretty much instantly, and I think the whole thing is designed for just just like to be a star wars thing i don't think it is a competitive shooter i don't i know it's from the battlefield guys i just don't think it's designed as like a serious multiplayer contender i think it's just a hey you want star wars i've you know we've got star wars up the wazoo you know it's like but here's the sound effects what? the special effects it looks amazing they, like the lasers the explosions it all just it's so such a beautiful thing i think it's just for like fans to immerse themselves in and i don't really think the people it's aimed at will necessarily care that it doesn't behave like a battlefield or a card or a i don't know i just i I quite liked it and i thought you know i don't know if i'd necessarily spend 50 quid on it but um 
Yeah, I don't know. And the 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 fight it wasn't in the Vita, but I played at Gamescom the fighter assault, mm. which is the aerial dog fighting. That's that is brilliant. Is it? It's really good fun. Mm. Yeah, and it's just like again, it's the pure Star Warsness of it. But there's something about being in one of those big aerial dog fights. It's like um, you know, it's it's kind of like if they'd kept making the kind of uh, Rebel Strike games. Were they Rebel Strike? Rogue Leader. Rogue Leader, sorry, that's mm. it, yeah. If they carried on making the Rogue Leader games, that's kind of where they'd be now. Did you ever play X-Wing and, and TIE, TIE Fighter and stuff like that? Those old... Yeah. I mean, I, I love I, no, them. No, I never, never played them. Either. Oh, they were wonderful, wonderful things. And that's, to me, the, the kind of benchmark. They were very, very, very good. Um, and that would be the, the, the mark to be, you know, in terms of being in a Starfighter. So, yeah. No, I did enjoy it. Um Hmm. When's it out then? Before Christmas? It's I guess. out. Uh, yeah, it's like the eighteenth of November or something. Yeah, personally, I'm not sold on it um, at all. I think it's an inferior offering to games ten years ago. But boy, it is fun watching Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader having a lightsaber battle. <laughs> <laughs> Onwards. So um, we've been playing other things as well, haven't we? I mean, we all kind of piled in on that. Um, but were there <laughs> other things that people have been playing that they wish to discuss on this here podcast? Um, yeah, I've, so I've been playing um, a little bit of Metal Gear Online. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is different to the the, the um, base thing. That yeah, I was... this is this is a sort of standalone multiplayer mode um, mm. that was sort of promised from the beginning. It didn't hit launch, and it came out a bit later. Um, it's made by a sort of Los Angeles studio sort of wing of Kojima Productions, um, <clears throat> or Konami, or whatever we're calling it these days. Mm. Um and it is a kind of continuation of Metal Gear Online, um, which has appeared before. I must admit, I've never played it before. Um, mm. I tried playing it with Metal Gear Solid 4, but but when I came to play it, it had so many updates. I know, I'm not even joking. It had like 300 updates or something, oh and Lord. I was just like, nope, and <laughs> uh, never ever played it. Um, so this one, I thought I'll get in on the ground floor and kind of... Uh, mm. You know, I'll ride the update wave from the beginning. Um, <laughs> That's what it's all it's, about. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of it's. It feels like it does feel like the beginning of something. It's quite small. There's only three modes in it. There's like a um, sort of a deathmatch thing called Bounty Hunter, a kind of capture the territories thing called Com something Com Breakdown, or and uh, what a, a really good objective mode, which which is the thing I've played the most, called Cloak and Dagger, mm. which is kind of a you're split into two sides, and one side's defending two tape data tapes, and the other side's um, trying to steal them. Right. Um, the the robbers have got; they're all equipped with um, like stealth suits, like invisibility, like stealth camo, so you could, they're sort of see through, but with a slight shimmer. Oh yeah, yeah. And and trank guns. Does that actually so make them got... harder to see? Because in video games, that it, yeah, it can be like. If you're if you're just looking dead straight at something, it's kind of obvious. But you could easily miss it if they're like crawling along. You might not see. I mean, it's okay. not like it, it, it. It's fine for the purposes of it. I mean, the really what I really like about it, it's got a really cool thing where if the defenders attack or spot any of the hidden guys, the whole the whole robbing team loses their stealth camo for about five seconds. Mm. So you could be in the middle of a base and all of a sudden your camo can just sort of disappear and you're like, ping! <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> and then, so you've got this sort of like, 
you have an ideal version of what you're trying to do, but then you're constantly aware that someone else could mess up at any point and, um, like, nuke the whole team. Yeah. And you don't want to be that guy either. Yeah. Um, I, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, like, from a technical standpoint. Like, there's a lot of, like, host migration problems, and it mm-hmm. basically has a bad habit of kicking you out to the main menu if yeah. anything goes wrong, which is a real real pain also people are really bad at playing it and i'm not great but you know people just treat it like any online shooting game they just go running and everyone dies horribly yeah. and in in this mode it's actually better off to let everyone on your team die first so that there's <laughs> no one there to mess up your camouflage <laughs> so ah. then you can just sort of sneak in and have a kind of clean run yeah. which shouldn't really be a thing um, that's going to be very frustrating for those people who do die straight away because they're going to well, then watch 10 minutes of like, you they deserve, like Crawling. frankly they deserve it yeah. because if you're going to get caught well you know get caught but it's got loads of little idiosyncratic things that are kind of you know woven into it as you would expect from Metal Gear I mean it's still you can like there's you know you can kill people but there's always way more points for knocking them out and faultoning them mm. and mm. But obviously then that really draws attention because the balloon's there and people can shoot the balloon and save their mates mm. um you've got like a little um radial dial of uh like phrases you can shout and the first one is like the main the the the, the one you're normally given is give me a hand give me a hand he says and it's that's in bad taste for poor old Snake, isn't it? <laughs> There's something about being like getting faulted and you're hanging from this balloon going, give me a hand, <laughs> give me a hand, hoping people are going to come and like save your ass. Um, I quite like. Um, oh, cool. You can put down, people can put down like little um, plush puppies that like ah, that would yes. sort of distract guards and when you see them like your character is like magnetically drawn towards it going oh oh <laughs> and then and then people run up and like you know kill you and that's the other horrible thing so like in as you know in the game you can grab people and then you can interrogate them or you can like cut their throats mm. and that's actually like a really horrible way to go in a multiplayer game because when someone's mm. got you you just can't escape them yeah and then they're like you know, tell me what you know, and then you reveal like where all your teammates oh, are. Right, that. so you'll get you on the and then they cut now. the throat, and there's something about the someone cut like stabbing you in the throat, and you're like, oh, don't do it. You know you're gonna just get it over with. You know? I found that with um, when I was playing the forward operating base invasion, yeah. that was the sort of mini online bit of the of MGS five that was there from the start. Um, because some people have their bases set to non lethal, so no one kills you. They will just um, try and stun you and then fulton you out of the base. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I found being fultoned actually very humiliating experience. <laughs> you know, well, thus give me a hand, give me a hand, yeah. give me a hand. Yeah, it's a real. It's very strange to be on the receiving end of this stuff you've been doing in a single player game, like you say. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's it's, it's good though. And there's a lot of like the maps are quite fun. It's quite pacey. Um, like when you win, it feels great. It's got quite a fun feature in that you can. Um, set your soundtrack to, like, any of the different Metal Gear games. So if you want, like, the original, like, Metal Gear, you know, you can have all kind of bleepy, bloopy music, or mm. you can have, like, Metal Gear Solid music playing. And I quite I quite like that. Um, yeah, it feels like there's a lot more to come. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, you're obviously unlocking stuff as you play, and, you know, you're, you're at quite a disadvantage to begin with because um, mm. you've got such rubbish equipment. But uh, I think once you've got some more experimental stuff, it'll probably open up. And I think that 
they must add some more modes because the modes they've got are quite kind of sort of threadbare at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I like it, and it's 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 fun. I mean, it's if 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 played in the right spirit, i.e., not just running around with a machine gun because that's not really what Metal Gear is about. <laughs> there's there's something there's something really, you know. As there is in the game, like when you're beating AI guards, you get a thrill. But there's something about sneaking past like other humans and besting them that's like really like you know sort of heart heart in mouth kind of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I like I like it. I like it so far. I can't play it because it's not the PC version isn't out until. I think year, I think yeah, you'll find something. that a small mercy because um, I'm thinking of uh, my initial experience with Grand Theft Auto Online as I played it when it was broken. Um, mm. when it first came out, and it was horribly, horribly broken, if anybody doesn't remember. However, if you go into mm. that game now, it's fantastic. So um, I Better think with wait. this, I'm minded to wait six months before even looking yeah, at I, it. Yeah, I think, I think it will only get better, and there are definite... Like, there are things where you think this feels like a huge problem no one's addressed. So, like, with the data tapes thing there are two tapes you can steal. You just have to steal either one of them. Mm. Um, but one of the items you unlock is uh, C4, which you remote detonate. Mm. And when someone steals the tape, it tells you. It goes, tape A is stolen. So what, what people have started doing is they just put a bit of C4 on each tape, and then when they hear the thing, they just set off that piece of C4, oh, and then that's you dead. You just cannot get it. You're oh. like, oh. Like, you go in, you see it there, and you're like, oh, I'll let someone else get it. So that's when you're like, uh, give me a hand. You tweeted a bad word about people. Who oh did that, yeah, didn't you? yeah. Oh, they're bad people. Yeah, oh. um, ingenious though. Yeah, it is. That's, <laughs> Green is loving that. Too many. <laughs> I'm thinking about how I could do that in my in my real life. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's a, there's like another map which has got this big gun turret on, which would make perfect sense in like a mode where you're like just trying to shoot each other madly. But in this secret mode, the gun turret is in the people who are attacking. So they're meant to be all stealthy and camouflaged, except all they do is jump on these, like, mortars and just rain fire down on the attackers. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, we're the ones with guns, you know? <laughs> it's, it's impossible to win. It's really, really hard to win certain match types on certain maps, which, yeah. I don't hard, know. It's hard. Like, I was playing quite a lot of that forward operating-based stuff in um, when I was playing 5, mm. and I got really tired of it. For just be getting really, really hard. I think when I started playing it, no one had really realised what was going on, and every base I invaded, like some of them, literally had no guards at all. You know, I just could just walk in and steal their whatever gold or whatever it is. Um, but later on, it just got so hard with it with guards with um, helmets and body armour, and they could spot you, you know, just from a little peak of snake's hair coming up over a over a panel. Um, I really, I kind of, at first, I really enjoyed the moments where the person whose base you were invading would appear. That you know, they would be informed that you'd invaded, and they'd appear, and they would be trying to hunt you down themselves, um, rather than just all these um, bots. But towards the end, it was just impossible. I've, I found to actually um, successfully invade anyone. So yeah, maybe I'll wait until they've balanced it a bit. It's uh, yes, no, agreed. <laughs> cool. Well, can I do my little indie game for five minutes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Indi- just a, like a little indie corner from me. I'm in, or I'm in the indie corner. Everyone, however you want to think of it. Um, You're sitting on the indie step. You've yeah. been naughty. <laughs> yeah. Go and sit on the indie. But step. looking yeah, moody again. as well and independent. <laughs> like you don't want to be with the mainstream of the rest of us. Yeah, I'm yeah. cool. Is You're what cool. is what I'm saying. Um, so I Steam 
is having a stealth game sale at the moment, which was awesome for me because they had a big page of all these stealth games that they discounted and they were like maybe 30 or 40. And it shows you when you own one. And literally, I think probably a half to three quarters of them I already own. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, stealth man. Um, but I... So I'm playing a few little stealth games I haven't played before, like Invisible Ink, which maybe I'll talk about um, on a later episode. But I played this game called Not the Robots. Have you have you heard of this? I don't know it. No, no. It's so it's like a little. It's just a little tiny thing. It's by a little developer called Two D Array, and it's very much. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever played around with Unity, the game development platform. That's that's. Uh, I haven't. I'd like to, but I haven't. You know, if you if you start up Unity and you load up some of the kind of templates for games mm. that you can create, they start with a little. The the player character is a a little capsule. You know, it's not got a face or anything, and you can and it, you can automatically move it around with keys or a joypad or whatever. And if you play not the robots, it's very much you can see it's been built from that kind of default template. The character moves very much like that default guy moves, and yeah. the camera and the and the way it's been built, it's very much someone's. For, I think first Unity project, but it's a it's a really strange little uh, thing. I want to read this. So the developer describes it as when it came out, which I think was about a year ago, the year's most exciting roguelike stealth furniture eating simulator. <laughs> well, that's that's quite a claim, which is probably me interested. Yeah, it's cool. So you're just a little robot, and and it's in um, procedurally generated, very small procedurally generated um, square um, rooms, office spaces, essentially that you're looking down on from above, um, and you've got to eat as much of the furniture as possible <laughs> basically while using the furniture to stealth around the level to avoid being detected by these sort of sentry robots and lasers <laughs> and things like that so it's re- it's very odd i guess it, there's something i get i was thinking about the very early days of video games where a lot of games were about eating stuff because i guess the mechanic was that you would move over something and it would disappear and so the story that went along with that was often just, oh, you're eating it, Eat. you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's done the same thing here. He's come up with the, he's been playing around in Unity, and he's gone, oh look, I could do it. So he presses a button, and the furniture disappears. Oh, he's just eating it. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very much in line with that. And it's actually kind of neat. It's it's such a it's very simple and a bit ropey, and but it, it's done like a roguelike. So it's it's hard and. Mm. You you go through a certain number of levels, and then the amount of stuff you've done it will it will build up an XP bar, a bit like Battlefront actually, and then you'll unlock things that apply to your next round, and so on and so on. Mm. But there's you know there's a hint of lots of little secrets and things. There's a few, there's like audio logs. Um, you pick up a guy in a lab creating AIs that go out of control, just like every video game plot <laughs> under the sun <laughs> yeah. these days. How original! Yeah, but it's it's nicely done. The 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 loading hint screens, you know, it will say things like the secret code will work differently depending on when you enter it. And I'm like, what? You know, it, it, it actually get, gets me really intrigued. And there's the promise. Every, there's, there's just the promise of all these little things that he's built in. Um, ah. It's a real labour of love, I think. That sounds nice. That sounds like, that's a real a mechanism in games, isn't it? That that future promise, the thing you want to discover, you know, where you realise yeah. there's more going on than you thought. That's such a essential part. 
But all you're going to discover is like a different kind of desk to eat. So <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, oh, it's another filing cabinet. There is something satisfying about eating things in games, though. You don't see it mm. super often these days, and it's yeah, uh, it's nice to it depends what. Like I, I, I like to eat things that I'd want to eat in real life. Like I don't know if I. <laughs> Not I don't know lamp. if I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, man, that shelf looks tasty. <laughs> but I bet there's a way of making that really engaging. I could imagine a type of game where eating furniture, like a big, squishy, brown leather sofa, would be oh, really... It's just like being crammed in. Like, you know, that would be pleasing. Mm. Don't you think? Man, I'm, I'm hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. We're all like... Uh... <laughs> Ikea furniture names sound like they could be foods. Yeah, yeah that's true. They could be. Yeah. I always wondered when I was at school if rice paper was genuinely edible or not. And I'm not... I don't... To this day, I'm not really sure. Yes, it is. I've eaten it. it. Is. You can eat... Yeah, you can yeah. eat rice yeah, paper. Yeah, that's all it's for. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just eating. Um, well, well, what else is it for? <laughs> isn't it... Draw- what are you using it for? Tracing or something? That's tracing paper. Well, is rice paper not meant to be used as actual paper? It's for cooking. Is it? But what do we use it at school for then? Just be- We didn't cook. Just because. This is a whole can of worms. So no one else had rice paper brought out at school for craft purposes? Not for craft purposes, no. It wouldn't have been rice paper. Are you thinking of something else? They called it rice paper. Was it? <laughs> maybe your teachers were idiots. <laughs> and uh, maybe they were playing Lovely. an elaborate joke on you. Maybe they called it rice paper because they wanted you to try to eat it and it was actually something awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just put like all kinds of different food names in front of paper to see what I do with it. And... Just food names in front of different things in the class. <laughs> so it's like chocolate bar stapler. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah, anyway. So um, let's move off that. So yeah, this is fun. I think the only thing that started frustrating me about um, not the robots is that the the sentries are very much built with this very pure logical line of sight with no right. w- there's no fuzziness about it so they can see if if they can draw a line from their position to you even if it's through this tiny gap in three bits of furniture um that you, that you as a human would never be really be able to spot someone through that's it they spotted you and they're on their way and they kill you so that can get a bit annoying but it is me- it is a roguelike so it's at heart so it is meant to be difficult so hey, and they are robots yeah right so yeah more more well, power to the them, name I of the game not the robots because <laughs> yeah. it you know it I mean that suggests like I'd rather have people who can't see through cracks <laughs> yeah I guess I guess I should that's its subtitle <laughs> yeah. So it was one pound thirty nine on something or something oh, on well. uh, Steam, yeah. and I I, I liked it. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know, don't know how much it will be by the time this podcast hits the world, but uh, a full yeah. fifty pounds, I should. Think, yeah, probably. it'll have yeah, it'll have skyrocketed just on the basis of my recommendation. Yeah. It'll be like yeah. uh, it'll be highly sought after. Um, so yeah, check it out. Yeah. Little neat little game. I, that's all I've got to say. I'm 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 right, finished. Cool. Well, that was uh, lots of different... Well, I say lots of different games, two online games and two sneaking games. Um, <laughs> uh, but only one game where you eat furniture. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, for all I know, that could be a thing which happens in Metal Gear Online at a higher level. <laughs> Probably. You know what Kojima's like? Kojima's mad. Oh, that's uh, Metal Gear... Oh, hang on. Uh, just give me about 20 minutes. I'll come up with a hilarious joke on Snake Eater. Um... Twenty minutes later, ah, it's not coming. Damn it! I like the idea that that's that's going. That could be like one of the further future modes they add, where it's like 
this team is defending a base and the other team has to sneak in and eat their futon. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what? Sorry, what? Say that again. Say that again, Kaz. Futon. I don't yeah. know if I heard you right. <laughs> this is a, we're a, we're, we are, we're, this is my fu- futon extraction device, points to tummy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Matthew, for actually making that a joke. Thank you. So those 20 minutes of you trying to think of something were well worth uh, sitting through, Al. Yeah, uh, just waiting yeah. for yeah. Matthew to actually make that. 15 seconds. Uh, so, uh, so I, I think it's probably time to get off this platform. Yeah, it's been fun. I've had a good time and I hope to see you on the next platform. Um, as long yeah. as it's not the grave platform. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but uh, before we see what's on the next platform, let's have a bit of this. And now, the rotating platform players will present a song played entirely on the Nintendo DS game, Jam With The Band. It is the year 3000. Apocalyptic disaster has struck in what has become known as the event. Millions are dead or dying in the molten lava of a collapsing planet. The one beacon of hope, the Space Ark, constructed to protect humanity's best people and greatest works, has carried them safely to a new home beyond the stars. Racing against time, the Space Ark Games Committee convenes to decide which video games will be preserved for future generations and which will be lost forever to the fire. The name's Ark. Space Ark. Hey! <laughs> see what I've done there? It's James Bond Space Ark games in the Space Ark this week. Yes? Can we do that again? What? <laughs>
<laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Wonderful. <laughs> very very appropriate, Alan. Now, I like the idea that the official voice of Space Arc, like that's played through the, like the onboard ship's computer, is kind of like a slightly rough-sounding Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> it's a custom soundtrack. Alan has recorded his own version of the uh, Space Arc computer voice. Do you think it was like Tom uh, Tom, where you can set it to different, like yeah. your G, yeah. You could get my ropey Sean Connery. Yeah. So welcome to James Bond Space Arc, I guess. Yes, the genre of James Bond games, which I think it's fair to say has provided a bit of a challenge for everyone this time round. I don't think people like James Bond games that much. Were they generally dump? That's kind of the thing, isn't it? It was, yeah, before GoldenEye, James Bond was an absolute watchword for terrible video games, um, and after, arguably. So, yeah. It's, uh... That's the thing. So it's going to be a short one this week, That's the thing, it's it? like a genre with one legendary game, and everything else is basically definitely destined for the lava. So... Possibly. But it, at least we're topical. What with, oh, no, year 3000 and all, we're, we are yeah. not topical Back at in all, 2015, unless... we were topical. They're still, yeah. they're still making Bond films now. Yeah. yeah, who's starring in them? Oh, some star from the year three thousand. <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oh, Bond's Bond's been everything since the year two thousand. Like literally, there's nothing else left on Earth that he hasn't been. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was that time when Bond was played by by three tables. That was yeah. quite odd. <laughs> um, I don't really understand that. Yeah. So we have limited um, nominations, I would say, this week. Oh, they're all clustering. They all cluster together. Yeah, um, clustered around um, some choices you may be thinking of already. But there, there are there are a, a few cases made for um, some unexpected games, which actually, you know, we that's should. A, yeah, that's a that's a polite term for them. Yes. So can we start with um, Nightfire? Yeah, which was on. PS2, GameCube, yeah, and Xbox, I guess. So we'd had the best tweet ever, which I, which I, I don't know if you guys saw, which I'll read to you. Uh, Zach Toms, I apologise, says he knows it's coming uh, because I, I pointed out his mistake. Listen to the end of this. It has to be Nightfire for me. That was my golden eye growing up, and the fast-paced shooting interspersed with driving sections that were genuinely good was magical for me at the time. It served, it served to make an eight-year-old me sneak around the house pretending to be Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> and for a second, I was like, huh? <laughs> and I, I had this image of Piers Morgan down behind the... A little kid sneaking around his house spouting off really obnoxious opinion. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. That is the best tweet of all time. Well done. <laughs> I did I did say to him that the Space Art Twitter committee will be saving that one for the ages for sure. <laughs> I like that I like the idea of I've been expecting you, Mr. But oh, I haven't been oh not you. I've been expecting you. What are you doing here? That's the last thing I was expecting. Um <laughs> wanted. So Yes, he meant Piers Brosnan, of course. Um, <laughs> so we had a couple of other <laughs> nominations for Nightfire. Um, so Nick Jenkins says, Nightfire, a million times Nightfire. <clears throat> Epic multiplayer to rival Goldeneye. Great story, controls, top class stuff. Smiley face, I think. It's very small. There's definitely a yellow circle with something on it. I'm going to assume it's a face and not, say, <laughs> an egg. 
or some dribble, <laughs> maybe just some dribble on the on the screen. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. James Moyles, Nightfire. We played a version of British Bulldog on the Alps map, where the fella in the cable car was a snipey bulldog. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of rude. That's reason enough, surely. Nightfire, play snipey British Bulldog with your mates. Shove that on the box, he says. And then, um, does he mean the arc? No, he means on the box for the game. I think. Oh right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, the, the, I'm not. I'm not saying the space arc is elegantly designed, but calling I just it a don't box like the idea that people outside are like, "What's that box?" <laughs> <laughs> like, it's humanity's last hope. Have a bit of respect. That's why you're not on board. Have we just have we gone the snake route and disguised space arc as a cardboard box so that no one knows that we're in there having a way? Oh yeah, because we don't want people to know that there's a way off this hellhole. <laughs> So what do you think is under that? Oh, I don't know, probably more lava. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing our luck. <laughs> Normally is. So, um, yeah, and Scott Varnum and Dan Murphy were talking to each other on Twitter. Scott Varnum saying he's, he knew the moment would come where he, he could put on his Nightfire suggesting outfit. Um, and Dan Murphy was saying, I was wondering when I'd be able to wear that again. I'm wearing my controversial, technically a better multiplayer than Goldeneye slacks. Oh man, this is a, this is confusing metaphors going on. <laughs> yeah, it's all over the shop. This is my nomination for Space Arc as well, actually. I I suppose it kind of depends. I I I'm going to have a, a a wild guess that Dan played Nightfire before Goldeneye. Maybe uh, is no, that wrong? Well, mm, tell me if I'm wrong, Dan. Nightfire is by Eurocom. And they've done a bunch. They they became like the the sort of unofficial rare after rare for for Bong games almost. It was, they did a few of them, and I think this is all right actually. Nightfire. I I think. Well, some of the Eurocon ones were all right, weren't they? Yeah, I I I I was playing a little bit of it. Um, yes. Oh, right. No, but there's something I want to say about Nightfire. Right. This was from EA. Do you remember this? This was from EA's era of we're going to make starting this game as hard as possible. Um, so I'm going to take you through it very briefly, right? You, you start the game. One, it's the options are play without saving or create profile, as though that's an option. So that you're, you're off to a bad start. Two, make a name for your profile. They actually call it a code name. You have to figure out this is actually the name of your save file and not something the game's going to call you. It, it, like, in, you know, it's not going to take your name, and villains are going to be saying saying it out loud. I've, I've been expecting you, Greener. Exactly. Three, select control method, which is actually quite important for games of this era because they were still a bit, um, they were still just coming out of that weird double stick thing that didn't quite work. Mm. Four, options menu. Um, Then the option to save your code name, at which point it says, this code name already exists. Do you want to overwrite it? Eh? I'm like, overwrite what? I don't remember saving anything. Oh, you're what? such a good spy. <laughs> then a pop-up saying, successfully saved, press A to continue. Very, very handy. Then you're back in the code names menu. <laughs> the, the highlighted option is new code name or play without saving again. And then at the bottom is your code name. Then you press your code name and it says a box. Your code name has been loaded successfully. Press A to continue. And then you can get into the game. What the... <laughs> What were they thinking? It's that, insane. Well, that's actually uh, MI5 initiation test. You are now part of it. <laughs> MI6, you mean? MI6. So that's how they that's how they find their new agents. <laughs> well, can you I... work out how to name your code name file? 
I almost failed. I came so close to failing by just losing my patience and uh, throwing the TV on the floor. Um, but it's still challenging to start a, an EA game these days, isn't is it? Because, you know, try logging into their servers uh, in order to just oh. play offline. That's always fun. Like, That's it's like one of those things where I always find this with any character creation software or naming thing is where first time around you're like oh yeah I'm really game I'm really up for this I'm going to put a lot of effort in and then you accidentally press like cancel without saving and it doesn't <laughs> yeah. save your face so the next time you're just like giant nose done <laughs> you know <laughs> screw it so you end up playing like a 500 hour RPG with just this freak with a giant nose who's called like XXXXX because <laughs> you just couldn't be bothered <laughs> you're like screw that guy i'm not role-playing anymore you've blown it i've been expecting you i've been expecting you qwerty (laughs) so anyway nightfire um yes so you know it 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 does zip along nightfire you know it's 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 very sort of one minute you're into invading a castle the next you're in a snowmobile the next you're on this kind of really cool actually like sliding around on the ice like taking out helicopters and cars and um there's these sort of bomb moments you know you can kind of drive a snowmobile through a chalet oh, uh, there'll be quips they were like always it. so big into that post golden eye which was like use your bond vision to yeah. see like things that only Bond can see, like a giant <laughs> chandelier that you're going to drop on someone's head, and you're like, "Well, it doesn't take a freaking super just spy to go, you know." And it's like on the hook above the chandelier, Bond, Bond. <laughs> oh, well, that's, yeah, I know what you mean. But it it was kind of it's just refreshing when I was playing it. It's just saying refreshing about playing a non cover shooter. You know, I'd forgotten what it was like to just walk forwards and shoot people and just kind of have fun doing that. Um, mm. It's very, very simple entertainment. Uh, and I think Eurocom were really getting the hang of things. I quite, I, I played a bit of The World Is Not Enough, which was their earlier bomb Ooh. game. And that that is not terrible, but I think they were really getting into their stride for Nightfire. They had a lot of... Um a little bit too much scripted stuff which you could mess up and there would be like an instant fail yeah. and you'd be like ah oh. oh yeah yeah definitely and that's a that's a fault of the gameplay as well i think when i i mean i think they turned it down for nightfire but in world is not enough i was playing that first bank level yeah and, and you can just mess it up like from the, the first person you meet yeah i know i was trying to like taser these guards because i'm not supposed to kill them and then i must have run out of juice and bond just slapped him in the face and he was dead and that was the end of the mission and that was literally as i was about to leave the bank lobby at, at the very end i was furious so yeah, they did, and the the you know save points and checkpoints were not a feature of this era of uh, of video games. Those games are very good at like putting hostage hostage situations in front of you unexpectedly and giving you two seconds to react. And if you fail, then back to the start, which mm-hmm. is uh, um, not good. But actually, I kind of I kind of liked it. I wouldn't say it's better than Goldeneye, but no. I, I sort of enjoyed it. I mean, that's it. The feel of them was always a little. Um... They felt they felt very rectangular, if that makes any sense. They felt very blocky, and that wasn't just a, a, a function of the time. But you know how Goldeneye, when you moved, it was very squishy and soft. These were much <laughs> more, uh, um, like the the controls felt much more digital in a sense. Do you know what I mean by that? Like it felt like you would you it was hard to do small yeah. movements in a smooth. Yeah, way. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was. It was a big shock to me playing these and um, actually Goldeneye when I had a little go that 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 world of hold down aim and 
you don't look down your sights. It just freezes your movement, and then you move the little cursor around yeah. like it's a mouse. I was like, oh, man, I'm glad we left that behind. Yeah. Because that is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that thing where you sort of push the cursor over to the edge to scroll the screen around, oh, man, that was... As grim as all hell, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, like I just think they they I always thought they were too kind of uh, they were too focused on trying to kind of like behave like Bond film. They were too busy focused on trying to kind of recreate the kind of Bond set piece, which is actually something when you think about it. Like Gold and I never really did. Yeah, but that I I I don't disagree, but I think that is a product of. What the fact that Goldeneye was supposed to, was going to be an on rail shooter, and they just wouldn't have been able to to start from scratch and try and make all the scenes into yeah, but, you know a, but a that's proper why, flying that's why gate, it works because you, know. you can be but like you can interpret it, you can be Bond, you can go. Oh, I'm going to go in with my silent pistol. I'm going to snipe everyone. The problem I always had with like cause I, I I only played a little. I think I rented Nightfire once, but the problem I always had with like the world is not enough was it was so busy going. This is going to be just like the world. It's not enough, and you're like, well, I, well, I don't really want that. Like that's that's tough, <laughs> you know. No thanks. Like this idea of bond moments and use your bond vision and that kind of like it's going to create these cinematic set pieces. That's kind of vaguely entertaining once, but mm. but Goldeneye is just a great game with great mechanics, and and you can experiment with it. Uh, and different ways of kind of doing stuff or different routes or different approaches, different weapons and stuff. Um, and it wasn't trying to create a single narrative experience for you. No, but the Eurocom games do do have elements of that. I do mean, they? They, they, they really do have different routes and they and they let you play around with, with weapons. So I, I think people are a bit a bit down on them because they were following Goldeneye well, yeah, and yeah. They, were, they were finding it very hard to live up to that. But actually, you know, playing The World Is Not Enough the other day, I felt like, well, this doesn't do a bad job of being a kind of GoldenEye follow-up. It's really not bad as a game. It's, yeah. it's, it's. Uh, I guess the common parlance is like it's a solid eight. Uh, I don't know what mm. kind of scores it got at the time, but it's it's not a bad game yeah. at all. The world is not enough. I thought about making a case for it, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You know, yeah. it's a it's a it's an okay game by all means, but yeah. it might. And it's definitely one of the better Bond games, but it's not. You know. I have this sneaky feeling that if Eurocom didn't have the worst developer name of all time, then people would look more fondly on their games. <laughs> it's like Eurocom. You just you just can't imagine great games coming out of a developer like that. Even though it sounds it made... like a bank. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm up for putting Nightfire in. I think it's all right. I think I think you've chosen well in that it is definitely one of the better Bond games out there. Mm. Um, it may even be the second best Bond game. That It has got a worse... If we all did a Piers Brosnan impression, which we're not going to do, no. um, we would all do better than the guy who did Piers Brosnan in uh, Nightfire. <laughs> it is just awful. Which is a shame because his face is actually very authentic. Very reassuringly. Well, it is his face, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the guy didn't have to do what? Pierce Brosnan's face. That's not how yeah, that what works. what I mean is that... They didn't model it on someone who looked like <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> no, but when you play Goldeneye now, and what's his name? Sean Bean's face is like this horrible death mask <laughs> on this four-polygon dummy. And it's like the mo- you, you can't sleep at night afterwards. So you can identify. Faces. It's identifiably Sean Bean. Or like, um, oh, I know what it is. It's like um, Sean Bean wrapping his face in cling film. 
Yeah, it really is. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then a papier mâché model of a human being is just sellotaped <laughs> on underneath him. Um, Nightfire is nothing like that, so that's that's good. Uh, so come on then, what do you reckon? I'll say it's I'll say it's an it's a no from me because uh, I think it it kind of forces it forces your hand too much. I'd go along with that, and I think also some of the driving doesn't really stand up at all. Um, oh, that driving is just fun, stupid arcade driving. I got no problem with it. Oh, thumbs down. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't do it. It's not bad, but not bad is not good enough. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Greener. It's a no from me. That sounds like a Bond film in itself. Not bad is not good enough. <laughs> That's the review I wish I'd written when it came out. You know. Mm. <laughs> oh well, goodbye, Nightfire. Yeah, Nightfire will not return in dot 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 <laughs> space arc. Very appropriate that that's uh, a flame. <clears throat> um, although it's the daytime, so, so that's a shame. It would have been more poetic if it had been, <laughs> been nighttime. So, okay, we've got one from Facebook. Yeah, let me... Ashley Day says, It's got to be the Game Boy game, right? It kind of looked like a Zelda game, but with more of a point-and-click adventure feel. It's the best Bond really? game that's not the other one. <laughs> which is um, a ringing endorsement. I know nothing of this. I haven't played it. Yeah, so I played this. I always thought for many years that I'd imagined it um, <laughs> because I, I, I've, I've said to a few people, oh, the Zelda James Bond game. And they'd be like, no. That's <laughs> not just a looking thing at you. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it's, um, it's Zelda-y because it's got the same, uh, like, it's top down, uh, like uh, it looks a bit like uh, Link's Awakening, mm. um, and it's got um, the same A B inventory system where you map items to A or B. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you can kind of fix it, but like the items are all things like, uh, you know, a gun or a, a gun or <laughs> yeah. some cards or a martini. Mm. <laughs> I I don't think cards and martini are are there, but um. And that's kind of what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. No, but it had it had a bit of sound, like you you had freedom just to move around. Like um, there was a, there was a sort of level set in a casino town, so it was like you know Monte Carlo or something. Or, but there was a thing where you had to try and like I, I remember having to sort of sneak around and sort of shoot some kind of blowpipe into some in the <laughs> back of someone's neck while they were playing cards. And I remember oh, yeah. thinking at the time like this is just like James Bond would do. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> but it was rock hard. It, it was also I remember. I think you had to do everything in a very particular sequence. It was oh, like yeah. one of those quite me. It was like a big item. Like this item gets you this item. Gets you this item. Gets you the blowpipe to dart the guy. Oh no! Um, I hate those items. But chains. like I remember liking it and humming along to it. It's called James Bond 007. It's not a very imaginative name. Um, <laughs> But I don't really remember much uh, much beyond that, apart from that I liked it. Sorry, it's not a great, not a great uh, <laughs> endorsement. And this is your pick, is it, Matthew? Um, well, it's because, yeah, I didn't want to say Goldeneye because it's a cliche. If... Yeah, and also we've got to be careful about that one going back in the art. We'll have to talk about that later. Back oh, in the, the logistics of that tie my head in knots. Um, I'm just um, having a quick look at it. It looks very much uh, like it was a different game that had James Bond swapped in at the last minute. 
I don't know if that's accurate <laughs> perception. James Bond has a history of that happening. There's there's like some speedboat game on the ZX Spectrum that I think wasn't a James Bond game, and then they made it into... There's a Bond racing game as well, I think, that was not a Bond game to start with. Um, the, the the weird thing about it is it tries to sort of tie itself into like wider James Bond canon by having like odd job is the baddie. Ah, uh, right. They're always trying to cram odd job into into Bond games. Oh, everyone likes odd job. Yeah, I guess he's quite easy to render because he's just sort of like <laughs> just a hat, isn't he? Really. <laughs> well, that's uh, offensive in a lot of ways. Um, that's not offensive. <laughs> That's what you think. You think odd job. You think hat. Yeah, but he's not just a hat. And fat. You got. You got to look past. You know, he's a human being with feelings. <laughs> he hasn't got feelings. <laughs> I think it's, it wasn't his, his autobiography was called "Not Just a Hat." <laughs> not just a hat, and in brackets, and fat. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he has got feelings. Because Bond punches him, and he's just like, Ugh. "That's Jaws, isn't it?" No, uh, that's that, that's every bit. That's every <laughs> mini boss in every James Bond film ever. It's that thing where you hit the guy and then Bond hurts oh, yeah. his fist and he's like, "Ooh!" and the guy's like, "Ooh!" cracks his neck. <laughs> yeah. Every Bond yes. film, and like you, you right. see that guy and you're like, he is definitely going in a crushing device. <laughs> there is only one way Bond can hurt him: <laughs> it's to crush him. What's that thing you sometimes see in not just Bond films, but a lot of films as well, where they combine that? the punch and then the it's had no effect with the guy kind of standing up and it, and he's twice as tall yeah as that's the other cliche yeah he was, and he's kind of looking up yeah some of that as well isn't there yeah um, that guy the big guy is always in charge of the thing which kills him <laughs> yeah. it's like in indiana jones it's like i'm the big guy who looks after this huge plane with rotor blades and you're like well <laughs> watch out big yeah. guy so I'm... i know my lack of memory on this uh, would suggest it's not hot. Yeah, um, but... I know what you. I know what you. Yeah, I know where you're coming from. I mean, it's clearly a no. Yeah, for me. I, I don't know anything about it. An enthusiastic it's... no, really. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's a black and white James Bond game on Game Boy for Pete's sake. Uh, it just um, looks awful. Yeah, but I've... you've got to remember, James Bond games are really bad. And, and uh, fair, I'll grant you it's be... a special scale, but I don't think we should make allowances because the entire genre is without merit. You know, <laughs> I think they should just all go in. Because, in fact, that reminds me of a nomination uh, that came up on um, Facebook. Hang on, here we go. Alex Jones says, cast them all into the lava. Even GoldenEye is truly awful if you return to it now. I love the idea you of know? you just getting a wheelbarrow full of Bond games and just tipping just them out of the window. Symbolically the throwing them all in because it's just awful. The thing is, you know that the film committee is having the same challenge with like <clears throat> which mm. Bond film to put on board. So. Yeah, yeah, but the difference there is there are good Bond films. That's the difference. You know? Yeah, but oh. what I'm arguing is that the Game, game Boy... James Bond 007 is like the equivalent to like a slightly crappy Roger Moore Bond that you're fond of. Mm. Mm, I see it's what like, you mean. Uh, it's like, oh, it's a bit like um, View to a Kill. It's very View to a Kill. Mm, no, it's not. I'm not. I'm not buying it. It's gone. Oh. By the way, um, did anyone like? No one nominated it, but did anyone like that um, Golden Eye reboot they did with Daniel Craig? I don't think no. anybody nominated it. Um, no, I quite. I think I quite. That was quite good. That. I I think that's quite good, isn't it? They no, that was they totally Call of Duty did. 
the, it was mm. just Call oh, of Duty oh, reskin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane, it had nothing to do with Gold. No, Knight. there's a, no, there's another one. The 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 Goldeneye reboot wasn't any good, but there's another one with Daniel Craig in. Is it called Everything or Nothing? Something like that. No, that's a Pierce Brosnan one. Oh, that's Pierce Brosnan. No, there's another Daniel Craig one. It's like a. It's not made after a film. It's like a bespoke story. Most of the, the Daniel Craig ones are bad. There's Bloodstone, which is oh, bad. Oh, Bloodstone's bad, is it? Okay. Yeah, it was made by Criterion. Not Criterion. Um, it was made by the um, oh, uh, the guys who made that Blur racing game, and you know, bizarre, project, bizarre. Yeah. So no, I mean that that Golden reboot did. I remember there having some sort of interesting level setups that weren't just walking forward and shooting. It wasn't too bad. Let's talk. Let's talk Goldeneye for a bit. Then we've done it before. I, I, I can't remember the, the arcane rules of space art, whether it's in the lava or. I mean, I, we've talked about. I'm, it. I'm just like, if it's good, it's in, and it can be in many times, as far as I'm concerned. Um. So one track gamers, which is another video game podcast, which is su- what? surprising. What do you mean? Uh, well, apparently, so someone else is doing the kind of thing we're doing. No. No. I had to listen to it, and they're, yeah, they they they're talking about video games, which is was confusing. Yeah, we need to take one more podcast to take out the picture in order to secure that GMA next year. <laughs> um, but actually, I had listened to their podcast, and they seem like very nice people. And uh, you should go and give it a listen. I had a look at their Twitter feeds, the three people who do it, and one of them's got uh, a really cute dog, and I heard the dog in the podcast, so that was oh, a bonus. That's unpro- unprofessional. Wait, no. wait, wait, wait! Just to be clear, it wasn't one of the hosts of the podcast it was just barking in the background so uh yeah anyway they um also well actually they're one of the few maybe one of the only people who suggested goldeneye they said goldeneye hands down for the space arc so i went back and played it because there were a lot of people on twitter talking about goldeneye not actually being much cop anymore so i actually booted up again and had a go i I still had a, a lot of fun with it i think my my very first experience of goldeneye was playing it in like on an hmv demo pod or something and it was the dam level and that is a bit of a weird opening level that dam level you know it's it's slow because it's all outside um you know it's like super open but the when you get to the facility is that what the second yeah yeah yeah. that's amazing i i I had i was really enjoying there's people in there it's much more densely populated i think to be honest the dam they're just allowing you to learn the mechanics of the games Oh game. yeah, and you've got to blow the lock off the gate, so it's teaching you all that yeah. sniper rifle and everything. But that I, the thing that surprised me, um, I mean, the sound effects are still really good. I think like all the, the the doors opening and closing and the yells of the guards are all really like uh, you were talking about crunchy stuff earlier. It's so just crunchy and meaty and yeah, um, it re- it's very the sound sort of... of a lot of them. Even the 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 club, the that terrible gun, the sound of it. And the bullets thudding into bodies. It's, it just feels great. Squishy, squishy sounding. <laughs> squishy, yeah. But you know, when and, the bullets hit them, they've got, it's got a little like thup, thup, thup yeah. to it. Yeah. And the bullet holes are massive. I never realised it before. When you shoot a, a wall, it's like you've just fired a rocket uh, straight <laughs> yeah. into it. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and I was, I'll tell you what surprised me that i kind of forgotten about, especially because I played this after I had a go on the Eurocom games. There are a lot of guards in those levels. Like you can get like absolutely swarmed on very very quickly. You know there can be twenty guards on you um, in seconds, um, and that makes it actually really. Um, you know you have to be really reactive, and 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 things can go wrong really fast uh, in Goldeneye when you're when you're playing it. So I I really I, I had fun with it. I'd forgotten. I mean there are some stupid 
setups. That thing where you've got to, in facility, where you've got to go in the door, activate the console that activates the door on the other side of the window, and then go around and activate the other door. Yeah. By which time the second door is closing. And that guy in that room with the console always blows the console up <laughs> so you can't open the door anymore. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. There, there's a lot of stuff in there which doesn't stand up. Like, um, uh, I've always hated that moment at the end of the train level. I love the train level, despite the fact it's oh, just the laser, the laser the where, you, where you have to shoot the little bits off the uh, the grill <laughs> oh, off the laser. Especially I if you're trying to do that. it for the cheat within the time limit. That's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. I never really liked the outside levels very much, actually. But, yeah, the uh, tank level the, the, is not the, great. They're having to do the surface twice. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it says, like, the tank level as well is... Uh, but again, yeah. once you've been through, you don't have to do all that stuff again. You know, there's there's some levels which are okay at best and some levels which are fantastic and, oh, you know... There's so many... Like, I haven't gone back and played it because I don't want to because it's just lodged in my brain as this happy, happy thing. Mm. But, mm. like... That thing you were saying about the guards swarming, I used to love um, the archives level where uh, Bond's yeah. been caught and he's interrogated. Right at the start, you kind of overpower a couple of guards, but then you could trigger an alarm and they'd basically all come swarming into the room. Mm. And I used to stay there for just eight ages. Eight, you know, I could stay there for 15 minutes just shooting people <laughs> as they came through the door and then just using their recycling pile of guns to shoot whoever followed them. Just be yeah, like an yeah. endless thing, just like a bizarre yeah. exercise in like how many guns i could get to go on the floor and just yeah like, yeah <laughs> yes and it's so watching their moves now is so hilarious like my <laughs> two favorite moves are the are the incredibly slow motion forward roll like the, like like if if you ask me to do a forward roll and you know i just be like oh i'm just gonna get down and then just very slowly tip over and the um the very um the very sort of petite sidestep they do. It's like a jump, isn't it? Yeah, that, well, there's, there's a jump, which is quite fast, but then there's also a very considered, like, looking down <laughs> at their feet and just doing a very slight shuffle to the left in the middle of a gunfight, uh, which I really love. <laughs> Am I misremembering it that when they did the forward roll, like, you could shoot them while they are doing the forward roll, but they'd have to finish the forward roll, <laughs> and then they just die at the end of it, and it's like, it's like... Yes, I have accrued enough bullets in this forward roll to die. And it would like stand up and be like, Bleh. yeah. So they get hit and they're like, wait, wait hang on, hang on. <laughs> well, no, because they had to finish it. So you'd be like, oh man, I'm sorry, I've killed you while you were doing that. And then they only realise at the end, they're like, ta da! Oh, ow! So you've just machine gunned their spine. Like, Oh yeah, uh, it's just, I, I think I, if, like, Matthew, I would I would recommend playing it again because, like Super Mario sixty four, it's one of those N sixty four games that stayed very clean looking. All those mm. kind of white walls and um, you know, it's, it's very it's actually very sharp and clean. Um, surprisingly, yeah, oh, so actually, I, I just I, yeah, I love it so. I thought the the whole um, like layered mission objective difficulty structure absolutely brilliant. Like why mm. everyone doesn't do that, I don't know. Um, the cheats, how fun they were, and like the challenge of getting them, like the, just the condition, the mm. timed runs, and all. Like it's just such a just a brilliant, you know. And and they got to to, to get so much right on your first time you ever do something like that. Yeah. It's just um, un- like unbelievable. I don't know how. No, they that was it. that was lightning in a bottle, as they say. Oh, wasn't it? it's so good. I played it today, and I don't think there was any nostalgia in 
how much I liked it. I mean, obviously, I knew exactly where to go and what to do. It just all came back to me instantly. It was amazing how that first bit at the facility where you're in the um, vents above mm. the toilets, it, without thinking, I just took the right route because there's that you can go down that. Yeah. There's a couple of ways. Do you know, I hadn't noticed before how what a high percentage of guards in that facility are in the toilet when you arrive in that. There's like four guards in there. I don't know what that... There must have been something weird for... Yeah, there's like three in cubicles and one in... But you could. I like that you could. There was one that you could sit, but they they didn't have sitting down in cubicles, so they're eerily standing up because you, you could see them from the top of the vent. You just see a man standing straight up, and you're like, Are "You just hiding in here? Are you just like trying to get out of work? What's going on?" So I guess the Space Arc Committee's um, decision on Goldeneye still remain in the Space Arc. If I wasn't doing a video game podcast, I'd probably do a Bond podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, I love James Bond. What would what would be on it? Well, we'd have a th- we'd have a thing every every week uh, called what a platform called what Bond film have you watched this week? <laughs> <laughs> and then Bond arc, <laughs> where we're choosing which Bond films to put on a Bond arc. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. So yeah, thanks. So thanks to everyone for your James Bond suggestions. It's been a, a it's good to see Goldeneye still in, um, and. Uh, good to see these uh, Bond games lasting forever, like a diamond, if you will, he says in a non-pre-prepared joke that we just spent five minutes discussing. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Space Arc, and uh, hello, uh, a, a platform thing coming up in a second. After this. So we climb up onto the final platform, from a very long ladder for some reason. We sound like we're going to get hung. <laughs> well, I hope not. Um, so yeah, I've had fun. It's been a, a, a fun week. We, we, it was good. Uh, good game. Good games. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is another one of those episodes, isn't it? <laughs> so so listen up, people out there. We want to hear from you. Um, we want to hear your nominations for next episode, Space Arc, which is going to be. Uh, in honour of Assassin's Creed's imminence, Assassin's Creed, what is it? Syndicate. Syndicate, yeah, obviously, the London one. Um, we're going to do games set in history. I mean, maybe it's maybe a little bit in honour of Far Cry Primal as well, which just got announced. With that historically accurate uh, Far Cry <laughs> Primal, yeah. I suppose, <laughs> so we're kind of looking for games which evoke a period of history. which Where, where, where history is a big sort of, is in your face. Yeah. Essentially. Getting up in your grill. <laughs> yeah. You know what that history's like. And you're like, well, history, just back off, man. So, yes, tell us your history in your face games uh, for Space <laughs> Arc. Um, and also tell us some how, how you think about things, because uh, we'd what? like to hear what, what your opinions, thoughts, feelings uh, are, just generally. So you can do it like this. Email us. TRP at the rotating platform.com, Twitter at rotating podcast, Facebook, facebook.com slash rotating platform. And you can comment on the blog. And we always forget to look at the comments. So apologies to Balladier, who's left a couple of space art nominations recently that we completely ignored. But it's the rotating platform.com. Um, and don't forget, if you like us, tell us you like us through the power of iTunes reviews or tell a friend or your dad. Tell your dad. <laughs> Tell your dad. My dad. My dad's been listening. Oh, has he? Hi, dad. Hi, Matthew's dad. Yeah, 
He listens yeah. while he's driving, so no sudden loud noises. <laughs> or no, like, uh, should we make siren noises or, you know, the sound of squealing? The sound of, a, okay. sound of a deer being run over. Or like a, or like a pig in the back seat or something. <laughs> How would you do that? That's such a difficult <laughs> sound effect. I don't know of any driver. Or how about if we just periodically we'll say we'll get we'll get we'll put on our young Matthew voice to say, "Are we nearly there yet?" Yeah. So yeah, tell tell your friends, tell iTunes, tell the world. But mostly iTunes, mostly iTunes. Yeah, mostly yeah. Definitely Five most... stars. Five stars, <laughs> please. <laughs> iTunes is very influential. Um, and yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for coming with us on this podcast journey, um, and we will see you soon. Thanks, everyone, and goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.